Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven and I'm joined by my co-hosts, John. Hey. Actually, just one co-host this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, Chris won't be able to join us today, but he will be back for some more uh, shop talk next week. In today's episode, we'll be talking about GP Las Vegas and some M19 spoilers. But first, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we tell you what decks we piloted and what decks we played against this week. John, what did you play this week? Well, I, I fell back into the dark side is what happened this week. Uh, no. no. I, I tracked down a playset of Screds to replace the ones that are all getting signed and <laughs> I played Swans at f and <laughs> uh, And it was great. Oh, man. Insert, uh, insert Luke screaming no meme here no, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah uh so uh i played against uh dredge which was uh, a sweet match uh i won game one uh just kind of uh got him with the two main deck anger of god anger of the gods that swans plays and that was a uh, pretty gross and then game two um the game ended with him having like three cards in deck and he just kind of scooped because he knew he couldn't win Mm-hmm. just dealt with every single threat in his deck one by one yep sounds right was sweet crushing defeat felt real good uh put against a blue red wizards deck which uh was a tough matchup for them um they were kind of trying to play like a tempo game get really aggressive and uh just a little bigger doing the similar types of things with counter spells and burn uh then i played against a sweet goblins deck um one there and then in the finals, uh, I declared no splits, kill them all to uh, listener of the cast, uh, Mike. Um, he was more than happy to oblige and uh, proceeded to crush me 2-0 with KCI uh, as I got stuck on three lands both games. Get wrecked. So that felt real bad. Uh, all the other people I talked to that play Swans were like, that matchup seems like a buy. How did you possibly lose? And I was like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you exactly how I lost. I had three lands, and that was about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, the second game, I missed my land drop and decided that I would go slightly shields down and pay two to play a search for his Kanta and keep up uh, Stubborn Denial. And... You know, hope he couldn't pay for the stubborn denial tax if he even had the KCI, which I thought he did. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like worth the risk because I was never gonna actually like win that game. He was just gonna, you know, get out of my my range to deal with things. I had a, I had a counter flux in hand, um, so I tapped out of the counter flux and got immediately punished. But I think I lose that game if I don't do that. I think I just have to kind of try to throw the needle and hope he doesn't get me right that that very turn. Yeah. Because the benefit from having the, the surge, the surge was off the top. I didn't have it turned two. Um, the benefit of having the search every turn would really put me back in the game. Actually, finding those missing land drops eh, didn't work out, so I lost. Bummer. Yeah, and then uh, last night actually I put together Swans on Moto. Oh my god! I'm I, sure it's like a, it's like cheap transition for you. I'm sure. Oh, it's super cheap. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't finish getting all the stuff I needed until like pretty late, so I only got one round in. But I absolutely dumpstered a blue red breach player beautiful beautiful the third game so i got i got got game one um sure as you uh, do against that deck and that was like i guess maybe i can't say i dumpstered him because i got got game one but the the boarded games i just savagely crushed him um i just ran away in game two with a search for his canta he just never had an answer to it i think he took you know if he had any kind of blood moons he took him out 
and he never had an answer for it, and I just crushed him in card advantage. I had, like, nine cards at the end of every one of my end steps and had to discard, like, multiple cards every turn, and it just Jeez. didn't matter, and I was, like, killing him with a Snapcaster Mage. Uh, and then the last game, um, he missed a land drop, and I slammed Kefnet on turn three and just oh, yep. nugged him for five every single turn. That'll do it. And, yeah, so it was, like, the last turn of the game, I was, like, um, bolt you. He's, like dispel like bolt shoot again in response <laughs> he's just dead it's like i have another bolt he's, he's like dispel again i was like mana leak you're out of mana you're dead so that was that was fun times um but yeah so swans was super sweet i'm hoping i can uh put maybe a, a 5-0 up on uh on goldfish so everyone can be like oh my god that's swans deck again and it'll be rejuvenated once again. Yeah, I've already had like several people ask to borrow the deck. So <laughs> great, fantastic. So, and to like make like a an account just for everyone to share that just has nothing but the Swan deck on it. I don't. know. <laughs> Anyways, I've embraced my my degeneracy and just like completely veered off the path of testing a reasonable deck like Jeskai, and I'm just like down here rolling around in the muck and mud with Swans. So you know what? But Swans can get there. Swans can definitely take down a tournament. Yeah, just tapping out for the swans feels so bad sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. the game against Breach, I didn't cast swans the entire matchup. In fact, I brought in, like, uh, these, like, these like you know, great anti, like, you know, blue-red matchup cards. Like, oh, I brought in Karanos and Worm Coil Engine. Like, how do they ever deal with those? It was, like, I just never wanted or needed to tap out during my main phase for them. I just killed them with, like, you know, Snapcaster Beads, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I didn't really have, like, other cards to to bring in. So. Yeah, so it, it is just weird. It's just like, I guess I'm just playing these. It's I just fine. kind of liked having the opportunity, at least, to, like, slam a haymaker if the game went in that direction. But I didn't I didn't need to. So, yeah, Swans is sweet. I'm excited. I'm excited to play more Swans. Later tonight, more Swans is going to happen. Gross. How about you? What was your, uh, how was your week? Uh, so my week started off pretty um, uh, abnormal. I ended up getting some cards on uh well i ended up booting up mtg arena for like the second time since the the thing got rebooted um just to build the uh <clears throat> the standard construct stacks that i want to build in paper fortunately it has a bunch of kaladesh cards that are gonna rotate out so it's really only good for a few weeks um but it was fun i really liked playing that deck it just it really just stomps on every deck except for red decks <laughs> which is like if i can't beat a red deck what's the point yeah how easy is it to put together the stuff that you want on arena at this point i thought it was pretty difficult uh because a lot of the cards are from kaladesh uh arena actually gives you a lot of kaladesh staples because they didn't want people grinding for cards that are going to be rotating gotcha soon so i had so the walking ballistas were there the scrappy scrounders were there so it's really just a matter of getting like commons and uncommons which is fairly easy i've never put together a deck and i still have all the gotcha the, the common and uncommon chips and rare chips that i needed for it i'm still missing a few rares but the deck works fine without them gotcha um it was it was fun it was uh yeah like i said i realized that I, i'm really good against the blue white matchup i'm really good against the green matchup um, even like black 
X decks I'm really good against is just the the red decks that play main board of braid. It's just brutal. Because <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I mentioned it's a, a tribal construct, so it's all just artifacts. It's it's the standard affinity. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It was, it was oh, it's so surprising, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And then I ended up putting together the blue green lands uh, list that Saffron Olive put together, and it was so much fun to play. Uh, I ended up winning a bunch of bunch of matches, uh, just you know, getting a bunch of lands and and <laughs> making big fat Multanis or fantastic. Gotcha. Uh, and then in modern, I played Burn. Uh, like I said, I was going to like two weeks ago, but I didn't do it last week. Um, I ended up going two and two. Unfortunately, round three, I got paired against the Martyr Proc deck. Ah, excellent. Just as you <laughs> predicted. So, okay. So, so I, I think I would have easily had that game if he had he not. Martyr Proc. <laughs> well, okay. Like that aside, right? He didn't see uh, Martyr in any of the games. So really, like really, I had the upper hand. But what he did see was every single Gideon in his deck, <laughs> and I actually I can probably win against Life Gain because of Skullcrack, but I absolutely cannot beat turn three Gideon, turn four Gideon. Oh, I'm gonna kill your four mana Gideon. Okay, I'm gonna play another four ma- mana Gideon. Turn Excellent. six six mana Gideon. I'm just like. Fuck. But yeah, that was that's about it. Did you see any uh, cool decks this week? Yeah, not not locally, but uh, watching the GP Vegas coverage, um, there was a super sweet feature match in round eleven with a uh, Bring Delight Scape Shift versus a uh, a Thopter Sword combo deck, and this matchup is just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but you should really go watch it. <clears throat> uh, Starts with, um, I think, like, the first turn, I think the Bring to Light Scapeshift player plays, like, Averdant Catacombs, and the mm-hmm. Thopter Sword player just leads a blind needle naming Liliana the Veil. <laughs> <laughs> and the games were just super wonky. The, like, the second game involved an altar of the brood, like, milling, like, almost all of the, the red sources mm-hmm. out of the Bring to Light Scapeshift player's deck so he couldn't scapeshift to win. It was just a super sweet series of games. Well worth well worth the watch. Pretty funny. Yeah, so I mean was, that was the coolest deck decks that I saw. I mean I just really I love the Bring to Late Scape Shift deck. Yeah, it's super flexible. Very happy about uh incoming reprints for that for that deck. Yeah, man, just shove a you know, Shatterstorm on your board and then post board you have effectively, you know, five copies of Shatterstorm. No biggie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Makes good use of its sideboard cards. Also, for any of you interested in building that deck, that card is now currently pre pre sailing at like twenty three dollars, which is Scapeshift? Yeah, it's down to twenty three. Wow. The pre the pre order for the new one is twenty three dollars. It was like fifty recently. It's already down that flow. Yeah. Good. Good. I would like to pick up a playset. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna love to have that deck in my arsenal now. I didn't see any cool decks though, so uh, let's just move on to our topics for this week. GP Vegas. Yeah, uh, man, GP Ancient Stirrings. GP Ancient Stirrings. There were a lot of Ancient Stirrings at this event. Um, it was a event won by Clark Clan Ironworks, With which Matt put Ness. 
two copies into the top eight and a third just outside at ninth place. And just a ton, ton of mono green Tron decks in the top 16. Uh, we had three, four, five, six mono green Tron decks in the top 16, together with three KCI decks. Um, that is a lot of ancient stirrings. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like this is what happens when people forget about Blood Moon. Or like, or like, ah, we don't need Blood Moon, right? Who brings Blood Moon? Yeah, I mean, Blood Moon's not the greatest against Ironworks, but it's like it's okay against uh, K against Tron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Blood Moon's but, really just kind of a speed bump for Tron a lot of the time. Is it? I feel like most of the times I resolve a. I guess I guess I am playing like a hyper aggressive deck, so maybe I'm not the yeah. best of examples. The, what I've heard from most people that play Tron and people that play against a lot is, you know, the Blood Moon's kind of like, kind of a speed bump. Hmm. Now, if you've got, like, counter spells to back up the Blood Moon, it's a lot better. But, like, a deck like Jund or something, you know, it's like, eh, you gotta be killing them. Because they're yeah. gonna start hardcasting Thrag Daddies and stuff like that, and um, those cards are still really good against you, even when Bleh. they come out a little slower. Bleh. But yeah, Matt Nass uh, posting a super, super impressive record with Clark Clan Ironworks. Uh, his first GP, he took it to, he got third. His second, he won. And his third here, he won again. I think his record is 36 and 6 across three GPs. That is insane. That is really, really gross. And that's not including buys, I believe. I'm sure he had two buys at each of these events. So That is crazy. So yeah, that is just uh, completely the, insane. The top card breakdown is pretty hilarious to me. Kind of something uh, didn't ever expect to see, but Ancient Stirrings is number one with fifty-two copies. Chromatic and Star, <laughs> Chromatic Star, Chromatic Sphere, uh, yeah. Nature's Claim. All of those are in the same exact percentage of decks in this in this list so they're all in 40.62 percent of these decks yeah it's played it's in tron hilarious. and and ironworks man kci and tron both playing the you know those those stars and the stirrings effects so makes a lot of sense expedition map also very prevalent self-inscrying i mean these are just it's tron cards with a light smattering of uh, a very very light smattering of humans cards and then lightning bolt yeah <laughs> which was in all the other decks i would assume very interesting that we don't see like we see hollow one like right outside of top eight uh, but we also there's not many copies of hollow one which is interesting i expected to see more uh going into this gp maybe that's just i'm stuck in the mentality that this this deck is still kind of like the boogeyman yeah i wonder how the kci versus uh hollow one matchup goes like i think if they have they have the stuff they need like it helps them having the stuff in the yard, right? Does it? I don't even. I guess if they if they can resolve a scrap trawler and then just like scrap trawler is just insane. I feel like in that yeah, matchup. Yeah, yeah. If they can resolve a scrap trawler and an ironworks, I feel like that's just game. Generally, yeah. They start going ham real quick. Even just scrap trawler alone. It's just the randomness of discarding. Yeah. But um, they get a lot of selection on what they get once they start kind of going off on what they get back. So the randomness isn't so bad. I do like the 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 devoted company deck, like the singleton devoted company deck, just chilling. 
you know, Bant Company uh, in in uh, top eight. You know what else? I'm not what I'm, you know. What I'm I'm noticing there there aren't that many affinity players in this top eight. Uh, in this, there, in this there's, top there's anything. zero in the top eight. <laughs> there's actually there's, just zero in general. Looks zero like. in the top thirty-two, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I I, I feel like. So I feel like Affinity's just as fast as Clark Clan, and it has a good matchup against Mono Greentron, um, and has a decent matchup against a lot of these decks. Um, maybe like Pyromancer and Control are are really hard for Affinity, but I feel like everything else is like it's like either fifty fifty or in Affinity's favor. Probably just no one great with a Affinity that showed up to battle. <laughs> Should have showed up, man. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna give myself a little ego boost. Well, yeah, a little pat on the back there. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. You would have made you would have made day two probably. Hopefully, well we'll figure that. Out. I've been I've been I've been wanting to go to Vegas for like three or four years now in a row, and every next time year. I've next year I, I'm like next year. Well, so what happens is like next year, and I'm like December rolls around. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go this year. I'm gonna plan this trip out, and then and then we're like, hey, we're moving. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going this year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm in New York for longer for long enough to save enough money to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i'm planning on next year if all things go well took this year off be back next year <clears throat> uh but yeah besides that there isn't uh isn't too much that exciting about this gp sea of tron looks like just guy really got hated out everyone thought just guy was a sweet deck where's the just yeah. guy well tron killed it yep so we got one one tron uh, one just guy deck in the top eight and uh it doesn't look like there's even a second copy anywhere in the top 32 here so yeah womp 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 indeed a lot of hostile decks floating around for for the just guy out here yeah <clears throat> now let's let's talk about some of these these m19 spoilers yeah um, I, I we're gonna take a look at the the hate card specifically yeah, they've been spoiling just in the last day really uh a series of uh hate cards in each color it looks like uh, we don't have a green one yet, but we've got one for each of the other colors and a colorless one, and they're all pretty interesting to think about. I guess we'll just go in Wooburg order here and uh, and point them out. The first one we got is, uh, this is uh, translated, so I'm not sure if it's going to be the final name, but it's uh, Contrite Cleric. It's one and a white for a flying 2-1 spirit, and it has Sacrifice Contrite Cleric, Exile All Cards from Target Player's Graveyard. Seems seems good. I don't think this seems is good. like as crazy as some of the other ones, but um, having uh, you know, a Tormod's crypt on a, on a spirit is pretty good. Well, it's it's also this kind of falls in the same same realm of like selfless spirit. Like mm-hmm. this is a great like a two mana flying two one is fine for the decks that it goes in. It's actually pretty good for the decks that it goes in definitely but having that sacrifice ability is just like the gravy because you don't have to tap it you can also attack with it and then if you need to deploy before damage or post damage or you know in some sort of combat situation like this is this falls perfectly for those kind of decks yeah this is uh this is definitely going in the sideboard of banned spirits i feel like it seems like an excellent pickup for the deck yeah um it's evasive and it does a uh does an effective uh hate card impression so it's pretty nice 
Um, I think we'll be seeing this uh, sprinkle around in hate bearers and spirits decks in modern and I don't know about legacy, but I, I could see it, you know, uh, sliding into a, a hate bearers deck in legacy. Maybe um, yep. they always like having their uh, their hate cards be on bodies to you know push damage when need be. So uh, I think it's a pretty solid card. The next one is uh, the blue one, which is a mist caller. It is a merfolk wizard. It is a one one, kind of a la curse catcher. But the ability is actually quite different. It says, uh, Sacrifice Miscaller until end of turn. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. So Merfolk got a containment increased, basically. Yeah. But it's a one-shot. That's... It seems like a weird hate card. It feels like this really only comes in against any deck that has Aether Vial. Or I guess Collected Company also... Um, it's. I think it's a better card in Legacy than it is in Modern. Sure. Having uh, having answers to uh, stuff like uh, you know Reanimator shenanigans, and or even D&D. show and tell and show and tell exactly sneak yeah. attack. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So I think it's pretty solid. It comes down on turn one. It's blue, so it fetches to Force of Will, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, it's being a one shot is like kind of limiting but it's a blue card so there is a white card that already does this for two mana i don't think they wanted to creep on the color pie too much yeah <laughs> so um i think this card's fair uh, you know fairly pushed considering it's it's blue and this is an effect that white normally gets so uh um uh, that's pretty sweet um i'm happy to see this and i don't know if it'll see much play in modern but merfolk might like it um gives you uh you know some options to play against uh stuff like grishol brand Mm -hmm. that uh doesn't slow you down as much as having to stop and deploy something like you know a relic of progenitus or whatever they're playing and it uh gets big off a lord so you can push damage while you wait for it's uh it's time to be called into action so i think it's a it's a pretty pretty solid hate card honestly for for one mana yeah, and I I could see pretty some pretty awesome situations where you have an Aether Vial on one, you mm-hmm. put it into play as your opponent casts Court of Com- uh, Collect a Company or Court of Calling. Definitely. That would be sweet. <laughs> oh, man. Just like, <laughs> what do you do at that point? Do you just, like, intentionally whiff? <laughs> uh, or you take, like, the worst cards. Like, maybe you're trying to thin out, like, some Noble Hierarchs or something, so they're not in your deck anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably that. But yeah, so that's uh, that's missed caller. <clears throat> and then we've got a uh, we've got a black one here. This one was spoiled uh, a fair bit ahead of the other one, so a lot of people have already seen it. It's uh, Infernal Reckoning. It is a black instant, costs a single black mana, and it says exile target colorless creature. You gain life equal to its power. What I really see this card saying is, uh, screw Eldrazi, screw Affinity. I mean, this is definitely an Eldrazi slaying card. Definitely more more an Eldrazi slaying card than it is Affinity, but it also just exiles cranial plating. It's just creature. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So don't don't slap your uh, your animation with that blue card onto it. Yeah, uh, it's just like like it, it just exiles anything. That current plating's holding, I guess. Right? Like Yeah. But I mean Lightning Bolt does it already, really. Sure. I don't think it's that bad for affinity, right? Because like all your guys really kinda died a fatal push and lightning bolt already for the most part. Yeah. That's but, accurate. Uh, 
Man, this thing this thing uh, tingles with the Eldrazi real good. The art is pretty uh, also very telling of what they're gearing this card <laughs> yeah. towards. It's like Obnixilis crushing an Eldrazi Scion or something to that yeah. effect. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this card is uh, going to see play maybe in like Mardu Pyromancer if they're concerned about, you know, big, big nasty boys. Against some 5-5s. Five yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't know. They're a little low on Terminate effects and stuff like that. Maybe they just want to play more of those. But uh, Infernal Reckoning is definitely another piece in the toolbox, so I kind of like that. Um, I think the the thing I'm I've, the kind of unifying theme across all these cards, except for perhaps the next one, is that none of them are super amazing. They're all good. They they sound great, but but I don't know like how much they'll get played. But exactly. it's always good to have options in the toolbox the more the more of these kind of like marginal hate cards that we have i think it's nice because it gives you know it gives interesting and different decks uh, options and how they want to select their sideboard hate which is always great um you know you have people kind of playing these same hate cards and it's like mm-hmm. the play patterns get kind of stale right like yeah. oh everyone's playing with rest in peace or relic of progenitus or you know there's not like a like a widespread on on the options that people are generally playing in modern because you know it's kind of a race to the bottom on efficiency but these are all like very efficient kind of niche answers which i like because um they kind of open up opportunities for people that are doing things a little different to have uh, a tailor fit sideboard card to fix a, a problematic matchup perhaps yeah um but the next one, our, our red one, is called uh, Alpine Moon. It is a single red mana for an enchantment, and it says, as Alpine Moon enters the battlefield, choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent's control with the chosen name, lose all land types and abilities, and they gain tap to add one mana of any color. So you name a land, and all lands with that name that your opponent controls are utopias, basically. This is obviously very effective against stuff like Tron. Uh, Tron lands care about the subtype. They actually have subtypes on the land. They say, you know, uh, land dash Urza's tower or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so Alpine Moon turns that off, turns off Tron. Uh, Wait, does it? Yep, turns <coughs> off Tron. So if you name Urza's tower, uh, they can't Tron until this is off the battlefield. It also turns off stuff like Search for Kanta, which is quite nice. And... Um, can even name stuff in legacy like wasteland or uh perhaps uh maybe dark depths mm-hmm. <laughs> be pretty good like just turn off your 2020 yeah so it's preemptive too you can lay it down on turn one which is quite nice so, so i do like i'm actually that. i'm actually curious because the the cards the urza's power plants and urza's tower and urza's mine all care about the name of the card the the old ones do they actually really care about the land subtype that's how they actually work there is a article on the mtg judges blog that addresses it huh interesting yeah weird yeah it's not intuitive it's gonna cause a lot of judge calls <laughs> yeah it's gonna yeah don't like yeah because all of the cards will say don't none of them say card type they just say card yes if you look at um i think like the m8 are the uh, eighth edition or ninth edition ones they actually have the uh the subtype listed on them yeah they have the subtype on them 
And that's what they really care about. I would, yeah, that doesn't, that is not intuitive whatsoever. Yeah. They should really reprint those lands. They've, uh, yeah, they've been printed not since 9th edition, it looks like. Anyway, uh, yeah, it seems, seems like a good hate card, but also kind of like a backwards hate card. I wasn't, I'm not really sure about it because even if, You'd turn off Tron. Well, you just gave them an like a an, a color to play with. So I mean, it's it, the same as Blood Moon, really. Except for if they're on mono green, they get a green instead of a red. Yeah, they get like Nature's Claim or uh, Natural State. Yeah, and they cast it, and then oh look, it's it's back on. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad though, because you got to remember this is this slots into your curve much more nicely than Blood Moon. Generally yeah. speaking, you have to take a turn off to play Blood Moon, and it can also be too slow if you're on the draw. That makes sense. Uh, do you know the Blood Moon on the draw doesn't protect you from turn three Karn. This does, so that's quite nice. Uh, it's also quite good against uh, the Eldrazi decks turning off uh, uh, your. Uh, Temples, your Eldrazi temples, which is uh, pretty backbreaking, can take them off yeah. of colorless mana in some cases too, which makes things really gross. So I think this card is, out of all of these, the most likely to see play, uh, just because it's so cheap and, and backbreaking against you know these powerful land-based strategies that we have in Modern mm-hmm. and Legacy. Um, sometimes you just need the effect for a little bit, not to necessarily stay around forever. Do you think that some of the faster decks like Affinity might be opting out of Blood Moon for Alpine Moon? I would imagine so, right? Like, doesn't this just slot into your curve way better? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, it depends on the matchup. Like, if it's a matchup where you care about more than just one land, for whatever reason, maybe the deck has different man lands or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that would come up for Affinity, but... um, Wait, and it's only your opponent, right? It is. Yeah, so in the yes, mirror, your opponent, you could just so... turn off your Inkmoth Nexuses. Mm-hmm, yeah, you could turn huh. off your opponent's man lands and leave yours alive. Uh, same for Wasteland and Legacy. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you could just say, opponent, you don't have Wastelands, but I do, which is pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> so you and, then just... you, and then you blow up their Wastelands because they're, they're the rainbow utopias. colors. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That can go either way. Maybe not as effective as it seems no, on, on its face, no, but but that's funny. Protecting but your own funny. lands can be very good. Yeah. So, and the last one we have here is the colorless one, which is uh, Amulet of Safekeeping. You can play even more amulets now. Much eight, eight, amu- eight amulet? Would you eight, would you eight, call it earlier? Eight amulet. <laughs> I don't think you would play these main deck, however, but they are perhaps a a potent sideboard option. It is a two-mana artifact. It says, whenever you become the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. See, I feel like this is the strongest out of all of them. Perhaps. It's got a second line of text, which makes it even better. It says, creature tokens get minus one, minus zero. It doesn't kill them, but it makes them small. Small. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is super strong uh, against... Uh, decks where you're worried about Lily or Thoughtseize or Inquisition like resolving this is it's going to be pretty sweet kind of um, it's like a daze effect yeah so against burn this is like it's great against burn seems real real solid against burn taxing him like this just slows him down um, 
but I mean that that creature heavy draw just still wallops you real good because you just yeah. spent two mana doing nothing basically. Doing absolutely jack squat. Um, I'm not convinced that this is any better than damping sphere, but I do really like the fact that it gives decks that play ancient stirrings a option to deal with creature tokens that they can stir for. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Especially, I mean, I th- I'm sure there's some other option out there that also deals with creature tokens that you can stir for. I don't can't think of any offhand, but I'd be shocked if there isn't uh, one. Coz likes return. Yes, there you go. Uh, although this is more of an anthem effect, but still, I get your point. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this also fills another purpose in the sideboard while also still being searchable, which is really nice in a format like modern, where sideboards yeah. are uh, super stretched. And this card is pretty gross against Legacy Storm. Oh, yeah. Uh, turns totally. off both win cons, makes the goblins zero ones, makes storming off extremely difficult oh so, wow this is also good against storm yes yeah, really good against storm oh my god i guess modern storm still kills with uh grape shot slash empty as well so it's uh it's quite good against storm um but damping sphere is also quite good too so but like this plus dampening sphere if they don't have like destroy all artifacts then you kind of just win the game right <laughs> Yep, Shatterstorm definitely does number on that one, but without that effect, uh, they're gonna have a real hard time fighting through these taxing effects. The tax, yeah, that's that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much we'll see of this one right away, at least, but I think it's an excellent card to have in the card pool. This one kind of strikes me like uh, I think it's, uh, is it, uh, Ancient Tombstone or the one, the one that came out in Nixalon? The grave, it's like a grave protection card that also is a grave hate card. Forgotten Tombstone, I believe, something like that. It's a one Possibly. mana artifact. Uh, basically, it makes it so uh, graveyards can't be targeted, but then it also has yeah. like an ability to eat graveyards. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah. Kind of, kind of reminds me of that card where we haven't seen too much of it, but it's a really potent effect to have kicking around in case you ever want to reach into that toolbox and pull it out. Yeah. So um, I'm really, really happy to see all these cards kind of enter into the pool. I don't think any of these are super impactful or warping, but I think they are going to show up in small amounts kind of sprinkled around here and there, uh, kind of changing how uh, sideboard games play out across Legacy and Modern, which is, I think, great. Um, Mm -hmm. I like it when WotC prints cards that are obviously good, but not necessarily must plays, um, because kind of... I like it when they print you over I the like, head. Yeah, I like it when they print non-busted cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of these, I don't think any of these are busted. Um, yeah, I think the best one is, in my mind, is probably Alpine Moon, um, but it's not necessarily as effective as Blood Moon in a lot of situations. So it's not strictly better. Yeah, uh, but it is faster, and I, I always do appreciate speed in in these Eternal formats. As far as standard goes, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what this whole set does to standard. Yeah, what a what a dragon! So, you know, I like how they've uh, they've set themselves up well for their new brawl format that they're promoting yeah. by printing all these triple colored <laughs> sweet dragons. Yeah, that is definitely the correct decision for fostering brawl. The commander options have been kind of pathetic up until now, honestly. They also they also spoiled a, like an actual elder dragon, right? They spoiled several. Yeah. There's nickel. There's uh. They're all the wedges. Uh. I think they're doing wedges and shards. Actually. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um. 
or so. actually maybe it's just wedge maybe it's just wedges or I'm yeah, sorry, just shards just shards excuse just me. shards yeah um because they've got um the bant one they've got the grixis one and they've got anaya one that i've seen so far and a jund one as is well. there there's a jund one yes i think yes. they're just doing shards on this set um so it's pretty cool um we got a new chromium which is interesting i don't know if you've seen that one yet yeah i did it was uh it's it, it, it turns into a human. It turns into a human. Yeah. <laughs> um, it turns is, into a one-one human with hexproof, and it loses all abilities and can't yeah. be blocked until the end of turn. Yeah, so that's a, it's a strange one. We've had a, a lot of people talking about like, oh, what, which of these dragony dudes can you play in, in uh, you know, es- Esper dragons? <laughs> uh, I think the answer is none of them. None. Uh, Chromium is absurdly expensive. I think it's like seven mana or something. But uh, also also the ability is just weird. Nickel Bolas is pretty sweet, but he costs four mana, doesn't do anything the turn he comes into play. Yeah. So He flips into a planeswalker, right? Yeah, but you can kill him in response. So yeah. the planeswalker side of the new Nickel Bolas is insane though, I do have to say. He is uh he's a very powerful card. Unfortunately, you can't just like flip a, just like a card, like a blue card that says like flip target permanent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean his, he starts at seven loyalty and he plus twos to draw two, <laughs> minus threes to deal ten damage to a creature or planeswalker, minus fours to steal a creature or planeswalker from a graveyard into play, and he minus twelves to exile all but the bottom card of target player's library. <laughs> so he goes seven. 9, 11, 13, minus 12, still alive. So <laughs> that's pretty gross. But he is a 4-mana 4-4 four four that when he ETBs, everyone discards, every opponent discards a card, which is quite weak. Yeah. And then you have to you have to invest 7 mana to uh, to flip him. And uh, the, you have to pay 7 mana and exile him to return him flipped. And the exile is not part of the cost. No. So unfortunately, you can respond. Your opponent can respond to you putting the ability on the stack and just kill him, which uh, makes your investment of uh, at that point eleven mana quite poor indeed. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, Nicol Bolas is cool, but I don't think he's going to see play outside of standard or brawl or EDH. So, but yeah, so we've got these. Um, his cool new hate cards. We're going to have to keep an eye on them, see what they do. Uh, and speaking of keeping an eye on things, we've got two upcoming events this weekend. We've got two standard GPs, uh, GP Pittsburgh and GP Singapore. Are you expecting to see uh, a relinquishing of uh, Red's death grip on the format, or you think it's going to be more of the same? Uh, yeah, I you know I do expect to see a lot of the same Red bs that we've been seeing <laughs> right but, BS. that's where we're at at this point right everyone's just kind of sick and tired of it yeah but i'm hopeful that there is a deck that can pull through i'm just not sure what that deck would look like <laughs> well there's some sweet decks looking around in the format so hopefully we'll see some of them uh reach to the top i don't know if you read paulo's article about decks that they didn't play at the pro tour uh, but they had a super sweet mono blue deck playing Jin of the Tempest. Yeah. Which was really cool. I've uh, played against that deck online. That's deck's super hard to, to overcome. Because, it's playing huge creatures. Yeah, you're just like, 
like, oh, you're playing a blue deck, great. Like, I just have to worry about counter spells. And then they just resolve this, like, 5-5, five, five, and you're like, uh, that's not a counter spell. What do I do? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll play this guy. Oh, into the royal. Get out of here. And you're just like, oh, uh, play this other guy, you know, like, trickster, make it an O one when you go to block. And like, oh, all right, uh, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So that's sweet. So hopefully the format uh, develops away. Well, I shouldn't say develops away from red. Something that's going to happen. I think there will be an answer found or contrived to red. Either people yeah. will solve the format or it will get banned. Uh, Chain Wheeler probably. And then hopefully yeah. we can move Well, on. actually, I was thinking about it. You know, Chain Wheeler really isn't the culprit here. If you if you think about it. Chain Wheeler is the payoff card, right? In, in, in the banning history, we've banned the support card. It holds down a lot of other powerful things going on in the format, though, is the problem. It makes uh, makes Thanawar Elf a lot more of a risky proposition, and everyone thought Thanawar Elf was going to be insane. Yeah, but this is the way I look at it. If you just get rid of Soulscar Mage, like if you just ban Soulscar Mage. Oh, I forgot. You're still on the Soulscar Mage kick. That's right. If you just ban that, the format's fixed. Because now... Now you can grow your creatures, right? You can you can have a, a two two, and then chain whirler resolves. Your one ones get knocked out, sure, whatever. But you still have a two two at the end of the turn. Whereas if you if you keep they have Soulscar, a, they have a three three format, first striker. Yeah, but like you can you can make your the the decks that care about creatures being over one one, they have ways to make their creatures bigger. Maybe I don't know about that necessarily. It's just like, it would. Like it sucks. Like mid game having like five two twos and having kind of like this board stall, and then your person, like your opponent, just resolves a chain whirler, and makes not only this turn like a viable attack turn, but also makes every turn after that viable attack turn because yeah. now all your creatures are one ones instead of two twos. It just kills a lot of stuff outright, though. I just feel like I feel like we're not too worried. I, I feel like the format isn't too worried about killing one ones. I think killing one ones is totally fine. That's fine. If you want to play your one one, you can like get punished. It's like Sleeve Siphoner is a 2-1. Like, your main card advantage engine in these black decks just gets, like, knocked out of the, you know, out of play just incidentally by Chain Whirler, which feels pretty bad. Just play the enchantment. It's the same thing. Play the enchantment? <laughs> the, the enchantment then flips. You pay two mana, lose two life, draw a card. Blood fast? That card's yeah. terrible. You gotta pay two mana every time. Every turn. Yeah, that's fine. That's Don't worry about it. Awful. That is super shitty. Get out of here. That's that's where I stand. I feel like I feel like Soulscar Mage should be the one to go. All right. Especially incoming all the cool elf cards uh, that Core fifteen or Core fifteen Core uh, nineteen is gonna bring. Hopefully, we'll see. All right. Well, speaking of super shitty stuff, then do you have a, a slot of the week? Uh, the the slot of the week, the card that I am totally hyped to play this week is Walking Ballista. I'm gonna be playing it in Modern in uh, my EDH deck. But um, or, oh, and sorry, your EDH deck. I'm, I'm gonna be playing it in Modern in Affinity. I'm gonna be playing it in my EDH deck as my win con. I'm gonna be playing it in my standard deck as a four of, and I'm gonna be playing. I'm gonna also be playing it in a brawl deck uh, this weekend. So I'm going to be playing Walking Ballista all day. Got to get your money's worth, man. Yeah. 
What about you? What's your what's your what's the card you are totally hyped for? I'm totally hyped to play with Scrunch some more. That card is sweet. You always play Scrunch. red, and you're like, man, I wish I could kill this big stupid flying thing. It's got four toughness, and it flies. Might as well be unkillable for your red deck. But now <laughs> I've got a solution for you. You just slap down your one mana instant scred and shoot that thing down. Or better yet, why not aim it at a four mana flyer of your own and draw half your deck in one go? Ridiculous. Just just good clean magic right there. Chris would be proud. On a, on a side note about that card, by the way, I uh, I ended up in the, the game I lost to, to goblins. I had a hand that had a moon and two swans as my only cards left, so I was forced to deploy a swans. And he... <laughs> He bolted it, turned his bolt into an ancestral, and then goblin grenaded it, oh. and you know drew a, a nice eight cards for the cost of two mana, two cards, That's and a goblin. So good. So it was a goblin token, no less. That's uh, so good. I lost that game. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I wish he, I could just play he had been reading Red Ancestrals. Every single card I had played up until that point, which I don't necessarily blame him for because I was playing some strange cards. So he. I was like, maybe he won't understand how Swans works because people do that all the time. Well, this guy that had to read every single other card I played did a quick glance over on this one and promptly lightning bolted it. He knew exactly how to get his bread buttered uh- in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Picks every single card, looks at payoff card, doesn't care, bolting it. Yeah, he's like, yep. He didn't even, like, he was, like, very obviously clear how it worked, too. He, like, immediately went to the deck. I was like, yep, damn. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is just hilarious. So, what you gonna do? Maybe I was supposed to play nothing in pass of three dead cards in hand? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and just wait for him to draw into all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that about wraps us up this week. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more content, you can head over to mtgconflicts.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, mtgconflicts, one word. And if you have any suggestions or comments, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.